You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. So glad you could join me. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to hang out with us, the phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. I'm checking, I'm checking, I'm checking. I don't see new callers, so we'll just go to the front. And there's a lot of calls, so i got to scroll for a bit. You guys are pretty good, man, pretty good. Caller number five, let's get this thing started. Hey, Pack Daddy, caller number five here. I hope you can hear me, and yeah. I hope you're having a good morning, day, whatever. Thanks. Um, just something you said on your last thought about why would Goot play um, Rodgers, and why would they just be gushing about him every time they could? If it's true that they hate him or whatever, hate is such a strong word, they're done with him, right? right? They're done with him. He's a bit of a diva. It's hard to work with him. He came in out of shape, blah, 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 blah. That stuff um, I could totally see being true. I could totally see being false. That's not the point. I tried to put on my goot hat after you said that and thought, why would you not play Jordan Love? And I came up with a couple things I want to run by you and see how you feel about him. So, okay. one, you ruin Rogers' trade value if you sit him because people then or other teams then know, oh, they're done with him. We can offer him nothing. They've already been willing to sit him. Um, we can offer him much less compensation. Uh, two, if you're going to play Jordan uh, at, at some point in the season and he's not been getting any of the first team snaps and you're beholden to, I mean, the jobs in the NFL, not for long, right? So you're you, you have to have your best chance of winning. And he hasn't been in the first team practices all year. I think you stick with Rodgers there and then give Love a fair shot the next year when you know you're going to move on from Rodgers. Yeah. So I think those two things are the combination that, that makes the most sense to me. Curious to hear what you think um, What you think Good is actually thinking. Um, I hope Rodgers is gone just because I want the best for the Packers and that number seven pick or number 13 pick turning into something Fantastic would be awesome, in my opinion, and I want to see what we have in love. Anyway, I'm going in. Take it easy. Yeah, so if I'm understanding right, there's kind of two separate things. One is the comment about, um, you know, Gutekunst saying that we will play the quarterback that gives us the best chance. And it's entirely possible that they are all in on Jordan Love and they believe in him, but they also think that throwing him in midseason – without any preparation or whatever, is uh, less optimal than just letting Aaron Rodgers go. In other words, they are of the belief that if you give Jordan Love the go, the green light, like starting now, let's just say. So he has the entire offseason to prepare as the starting quarterback. And then as we go through all the offseason program and everything else, he's the number one guy. He gets all the focus. He gets all the work. He's with the number ones, all that stuff. And then gets to start week one, week two, week three, da, 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 da. So it's true. You you could say that we believe that if you give him that, that we believe that that product is a very, very good product, while at the same time believing that the best chance we have in this given situation is Aaron Rodgers. 
So that's number one, and I think that's entirely fair. The number two thing is the the question that's been raised before, or the the topic that's been raised before in terms of why they say what they say or or don't say what they don't say in terms of Aaron Rodgers. You know, they behind the scenes apparently secretly are disgusted by him, but uh, at the forefront are constantly glowing and um, will never say a, a bad word. And that's because his trade value will tank if you're talking bad about the guy or whatever. And that's entirely fair, but it's just the bigger the conspiracy theory, the more that it involves, the the larger the group of people, the less likely in my mind that it took place. And the biggest issue I have with that is at some point, at the very least, Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur and Mark Murphy got together and said, our objective here is to move on from this guy, which is fair enough to assume that that conversation took place if genuinely these guys are sick of him, can't stand him, whatever. But they sat down, they had a discussion and said, we're done with this guy, Um, we're going to trade him, and we need to keep in mind that we need to keep his value up. So do not talk bad about him. You know, we we need to make sure, you know, especially as the season went on and, and he was playing worse than anybody expected, You need to make sure like, we keep his value up. We're not talking about his decline or anything like that because that's going to be detrimental to our ability to to trade him. Um, And that would have to kind of maybe even be bled into other people, the offensive coordinator, for example, or anybody else that would be asked questions about Aaron Rodgers. The point is, we do not talk bad about Aaron Rodgers. It's possible, but it, it seems just kind of unlikely, you know, as far as how... To me, anyways, it seems unlikely to me that it would go to that extent, especially when we're talking about specifically we're throwing people under the bus. Um, that that to me is not whether it's it's the right thing to do or not is I guess irrelevant to whether or not they did it. But it, it would just surprise me if it went to that extent. Um, but at the same time, it's a major asset. You know what I mean? Um, you've, you've got. Uh, You've got a car lot full of cars, and you got that one car over there that's worth just a pile of money. Uh, it it kind of makes sense that um, maybe if there's birds flying around crapping on stuff, you maybe put the tent over the one really nice car and allow them to crap on all the other cars. You know, it's not fair, <laughs> but I understand it, I guess. So, I don't know. I mean, that's to each their own, whether or not you think they went to that extent. It seemed to me very clear um, there was no hemming and hawing. There was never any, you know, coach speak. They were always very direct when talking about Aaron Rodgers that they are very happy with him. They genuinely believe that his play has not fallen off even slightly, and uh, they absolutely want him back next year. And it's just it's just hard to reconcile all this again because if you say that and then Rodgers says he wants to come back, you just kicked yourself in the head. Why would you do that? And if they're flat out lying, and I, I don't know, I, I I just need to see how this is all going to play out. Then we'll at least have a couple variables eliminated, and we can kind of go from there. This this whole thing is so weird and confusing to me. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Um, wanted hey. to give one more thought this morning before I head into work. I think I may have figured out the problem with this draft class and why we're all kind of on the consensus that it's possibly the weakest draft class that we've seen in quite a while. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily because of the players themselves. I think it's because of the, the positional value of yeah. where the talent is. That makes sense. Because if you look at this running back class, like this might be one of the deepest running back classes that we've ever seen. Like they're just, 
we're talking Bijan going possibly in the top ten. Like I don't, I don't know if he's going to fall past the Eagles because imagine Bijan on the Eagles. That is just going to be an absolutely lethal offense. But, but back to my point, you know, you've got guys in the third or fourth round who could probably be, you know, day one plug and play guys. This this running back class is just so deep, and I think that's the problem with this class is. You're looking at a lot of the talent being at positions that aren't necessarily the most valuable positions in the world um, for most teams. There's, so I, I think there might be more talent than we're giving them credit for. Yeah. I think it's just in positions that people don't value as highly as like quarterback and edge rusher, um, which you know that's that's a lot of draft classes, but this one especially, especially because I think at the very like highest tier, it's going to be mostly running backs. Um, cause even beyond Bijan, like look at, look at the next guy, like A-Chain or, uh, even, even guys who are supposed to go later, like Ty J Spears. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. He's really undersized, but man, if you can get him to just bulk up a little bit and get over 200, that dude could probably be Aaron Jones V2. Uh, he is just, he's just fun to watch. I know he's a small school guy, but he's going to be my guy till the end. So nice. just want to get your thoughts. Do you think that, um, you think you agree? Is this, uh, is this just because of the draft class? Is running back heavy um, and more heavy at other positions than just not not the biggest value in the world? Because that's kind of where I'm at. Go, Peg, go. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think you can attack that from a couple different ways. Um, I mean, I, I would expand on it. Running back and tight end, which I know you were also thinking. But the the one side to look at it is really good running backs and really good tight ends generally don't really even crack the top 10, maybe like a running back or something. But so if you if you look at it from that perspective, even though there's really good running backs and really good tight ends, if you factor if you factor in the overall talent with the positional value, again you're getting even though Bijan is an elite, we'll say generational or once every five years kind of guy, um, he's still currently and a consensus big board fifteenth overall. So it it is still semi-weak from that perspective the other thing though the other way to uh, approach this from the more media or fan perspective is yeah what does everybody care about quarterbacks and wide receivers that's basically it I mean maybe edge rushers if there's like a a, that one elite guy which I don't really think there is I know Will Anderson is the guy this year but he's not even I don't right now he's consensus number three overall behind Jalen Carter and Bryce Young and um, look, I mean, again, if if either of the Bosa's or you know one of those top elite type of guy, if if uh, the guy with the Browns, I was gonna say Clowney, that's absolutely not it. You know who I'm talking, Miles Garrett. If those guys were in this class, they would be the number one pick, and nobody, it, it would not even be a discussion. It would be them number one, and then seven hundred gaps. And then Jalen Carter. That's maybe unfair to Jalen Carter, but there would be there there would be. It's it's not a discussion. There's no way Jalen Carter would be above Miles Garrett if he was in this draft class. So yeah, I mean it's quarterbacks and wide receivers. And I'll, I'll add one other point. I'm worried. I shouldn't say worried because I think NFL teams will do the right thing. But I I'm I'm curious if the wide receiver class this year is similar to the quarterback class last year where because the media wants it so bad and the fans want it so bad, they're hyping up guys higher than they should. Um, again, you look at Malik Willis last year. Malik Willis was considered by many people to be a top 10 guy. Um, he was consensus number 14 overall. And I said all last year, I don't get it. This dude is not good. 
He was like my QB5 or something on my big board, and he plummeted. None of these guys, I mean, I think Pickett was the only one that went in the first round, and he went late. There were basically three guys that were consensus first-round picks, and only one went. So the quarterbacks were massively overhyped. And again, I think it's because everybody wants quarterbacks, especially guys like Malik, who are these, you know, shifty elite runners. Dude can't throw a football, but nobody cares. Like, we got to hype these guys up. They just got to be a thing. And I'm kind of getting that vibe with wide receiver a little bit. Granted, nobody's saying like top five or anything, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's just weird. You look at some people look at Quentin Johnston, they're like, well, first of all, the fact that people say he's the only wide receiver one in this class is insane to me. The only wide receiver one. Could you, do you remember last year? Garrett Wilson, automatic. Drake London, automatic. James, Jamison Williams, automatic. There was some talk about maybe Chris Olave wasn't an, a wide receiver one, but people were furious about that. And even still, I mean, l- listen, if you put this year's draft class with last year's draft class, let me just ask you this honestly. Does anybody get ahead of even George Pickens? George Pickens was consensus 32nd overall. Again, I, I know there are Quentin Johnston fans and Jordan Addison fans are like, you're out of your mind. He would be up there with Olave. I don't think so. At the very least, they're in that Traylon Burks realm, kind of end of the first round. No chance in any universe that they're ahead of Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Jamison Williams. Zero chance. When people are saying Quentin Johnson is the only wide receiver one and other people don't even really care for Quentin Johnston very much. Some people don't have Jordan Addison as a first-round pick. Some people don't have Quentin Johnston. I think Quentin Johnson, well, maybe he was a first-round pick, but he was like in the late 20s. Some people don't have Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round. They see him as a late second-round guy. I mean, this is just some people, but you, you would never see that with Garrett Wilson, ever. No way in the world would anybody say, I don't think Garrett's a first-round pick. Nobody said that. You might say, I like Drake more. I like Jamison more. I like, I like, some people said I like Alave more than Wilson. All right, fair enough. But Alave was ranked 16th and Garrett was ranked 8th. They're actually pretty close together. Some people saying Jackson Smith and Jigba is better than Garrett Wilson, while other people are saying he's a late second round pick. This is just giving me weird vibes in terms of some people trying to push it while not being very specific as to why. You know, just sort of these generic terms, which granted most scouting is sort of generic terms can make all the throws, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes I feel like getting better at scouting is just getting better at uh, fine-tuning your lingo, learn new uh, phrases. Then you really get to the next level when you start developing your own phrases, you know, like me with bear paws. I started at the end. I started with creating my own crap. You know what? I should do the robot. Oh, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Here we go. Ready? Ball magnet, a player who consistently make plays on the football, whether it be interceptions fumble recoveries, or pass breakups. So like a CB is a ball magnet. Yard shark, field general, pocket Hercules, pocket Hercules. A smaller yet extremely powerful and explosive running back. No, that's got to be a quarterback. Who's able to break through tackles and carry defenders with him. Whatever. Ironclad, rocket arm. That's already a thing. Silent assassin. That's getting a little uh, loose with it, but I like it. Swiss army knife. I think that's already a thing. Shut down zone. So shut down corner who's good at zone. And Chain Mover, which I think is already a thing. These are solid, though. I like it. I love this robot. It's just like, oh, man, I should come up with this. Oh, here's 10 that you can just use. I'm going to start doing that in my, uh, I'm going to start doing personal scouting reports. Oh, I just got, I get so many ideas. All right, we got to move on. I'm sorry. Um, Nate, did I answer your question? I think I did. I think we got it. If you didn't, I'm sorry. I get, uh, I get distracted sometimes. This is, 
This is the uh, ADD Story Hour. Trevor, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Uh, just jumping in on the Super Bowl halftime show talk. Um, yeah, I thought it was, wasn't was a bad Super Bowl halftime show. It wasn't good either, but uh, somebody had said if they wanted to buy a Rihanna concert ticket, they'd go buy a Rihanna concert ticket, but that's yeah. not true because she doesn't do concerts. I think her last concert was like... 2018 and oh, like Dubai. It's interesting. So I don't know why, but she just like never does concerts. Probably because she's a billionaire and doesn't need to do it anymore. Maybe. But then why would you do the, and that was my thing. Why would you do the Super Bowl halftime show? And then my wife's like, cause billions of people watch this. And I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Not literally, but how many people did watch the Super Bowl? I'm just curious. 113 million. That is a lot of people. It makes sense when you think about it in those terms. Cause I thought about just the stadium. I'm like, yeah, I guess like 80,000 is a pretty stacked or packed uh, stadium or however many people are there. And then you think about all the people watching on TV. It's like, yeah, that is that is the biggest concert that you're going to do. So that I guess that makes sense. But I still, I kept waiting for, you know, special guests to come out. And I was just like, everybody else, like a car hit. And I was like, oh, who's here? Who's here? Because yeah. that's, that's what you do. You know, you bring out other people. Um, so I, yeah, I was, I was just playing with that. I would like when surprise guests come out. That's part, one of the best parts. Um, and yeah, so she... She's also not a billionaire from her music, even though she does have some good songs. But um, yeah, I know she made a makeup line. She started like a makeup line yeah. years ago, and that is what made her a billionaire. So smart business decision there. Which is why I think the music is taking a backseat. I I even asked my wife. I was like, "What's the name of her business?" And she told me. I'm like, "I've never heard of it. How do you start a makeup? Must just be massive, because you can start a makeup. And granted, I'm a dude. I don't use makeup, but I I know." A handful of names, you know, I've, I've heard of a few things. Um, never heard of that. Could you imagine how much L'Oreal must make? <laughs> if there's some line out there that I've never heard of and she's a billionaire. Revenue. Wait, June 2022? That can't be right. It says quarterly. So quarterly financials, $9.1 billion. Net income, $1.6 billion for L'Oreal. She'd be making makeup. I should ask my robot how to make makeup. Or I could just watch uh, Fight Club. They made soap. Make some. You guys want to make some Fight Club soap together? Be pretty dope. Packernet soap made with human. Never mind. All right. Uh, continue. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. I just Super Bowl halftime show is what it is every year. So it wasn't bad. Like, it just could have been a lot better. Top year before or whatever right. like how crazy can we get eventually so yeah. i think i think she tried to go a little more simple this year rather than trying to go over the top with everything but it was and again it was it was kind of appreciated that it didn't get too stupid but there were still the stupid elements you know like the dancers i know you gotta have something going on you know you can't just have her up there prancing i mean you could but it just it wouldn't have like this big feel to it but you got there has to be something better you can do with like 300 human beings that you have, other than dress dressing them up like the Michelin man and having them act like morons, flailing around and whatever they were doing. Um, it's weird. It's just weird. Very strange to me. They've been far worse ones, but... Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting caught up on podcast. I was MIA for a week. Fortunately, my uh, grandmother passed away. She oh, lived sorry. in Wisconsin, so I was up in Wisconsin for about a week. Uh, so it was nice being back there. I haven't been back to Wisconsin in quite some time, but, uh, went to some bars up there with family and stuff. And, you know, it's cool to be back at a Packer themed bar. Got me really, uh, yeah, man. wanting football again. 
to go to those type of bars because obviously I'm down here in Virginia and nothing like that around here. So, but anyway, looking forward to getting caught up and having some more Packers news coming up. Go back, go. Trevor's back on it. I am uh, currently. Hey, right. I'm hey. listening to this Bob McGinn thing yep. that you're playing. Uh, and yeah, I'm with you. My, my my thought the whole time is if if the organization is so sick of them and done with them, the last off season was the time to cut. Right. Like I, it makes no sense. Nothing worse has happened for them to suddenly be done and sick of him. The only thing that's happened is apparently Gutekunst and Rogers have kind of gotten over their issues. Here's a theory that I don't know if anybody's posed yet. Here's an interesting theory. Bob McGinn never said when he heard that. Did he? Did Bob McGinn ever say, I heard people from within the organization are sick of him, and I heard about this within the last week? Because there's no question there was a lot of tension between Gutekunst and Aaron Rodgers. It's entirely possible that this is going back to 2021 when there was some serious feuding going on and McGinn was hearing all kinds of stuff about the Packers are sick of this freaking guy and all his garbage and all his nonsense and all his BS. And then again, they started working through some stuff or whatever, and McGinn is still keeping that in the back of his mind like these guys are sick of it. Now, that still brings us to the Tom Silverstein thing where he heard that apparently somebody else overheard Gutekunst or or he was told that Gutekunst told someone, I don't know if this is second, third, fourth, 50th hand, but um, I don't even know if that makes sense, that at the end of 2022, some Gutekunst had told somebody that they are confident it's time to move on. Now, granted, those are still two separate things. We could still have Bob McGinn talking about what he heard two years ago and Silverstein overhearing something about a conversation that took place. And and it's possible that the Packers are saying that they do believe that it, it may be time to transition, but that doesn't mean they're sick of them and it doesn't mean that they're going to transition. It's just kind of maybe kind of leaning in that direction, but we'll see how it goes kind of a thing. But I, I do wonder about that all of a sudden with the Bob McGinn thing. When When did he hear this? Unless it's something behind closed doors, but like last off season was the off season to be done with them. If that's how they all felt, <clears throat> um, but I just I cannot believe Bob again just said the winning Super Bowl in his third year was Rogers' one moment of glory. I get it, you want to win Super Bowls, but yeah, I think everybody is just clouded at this point, and yeah, McGinn is one of those guys saying the only thing that matters is Super Bowls. A lot of fans say that. I just think it's a miserable way of looking at things. You boil down his entire career and all his achievements to you only got one Super Bowl. And so then you you attach them to other people who only have one Super Bowl because that's the only metric we can use, which for a guy of his stature and being in the league as long as he has, for him to use that as a real mathematical metric to say that there's only one variable and it's Super Bowls and therefore... That's his only thing. I mean, that's, that's just stupid. I don't know if he's doing that because he just hates Rodgers and wants to crap on him, or if he actually believes that, which is really dumb. I think some of it Rodgers has done to himself, but there's also others where, like, he's just hated and also everything he does is wrong. And, right. Um, he gets on my nerves sometimes, but, like, he's still given us over a decade of great football, and to say that that Super Bowl was his one moment of glory is just so absurd to me. Yeah. I mean, there have been so many great moments over the years, and yes, because of the losing in the NFC Championship games has been 
number of letdowns too, but hey, that's football, okay? The fact of the matter is there's a very limited number of quarterbacks that even have more than one Super Bowl. <laughs> and yes, we feel like Rogers should be that guy and that he should have got another one and he probably should have. Um, <clears throat> but I just, I don't know. I cannot believe he said that was his one moment of glory. Like, I mean, even in games that don't really matter for the grand scheme of things, that, that Hail Mary against the Lions, I mean, uh, throwing, just taking down the Cowboys time and time again in the playoffs, making insane throws to come back to win the game, and just all the, all the things Rodgers has done over the years. I mean, I don't understand how a Packers media guy can be so clouded in his judgment. And the one thing to be reporting, and he's obviously doing some reporting in this, but then there's also, like you said, it's a lot of his personal feelings, and it's like, oh, who's over it? Like, Yep. Stop crucifying people because of how we feel about them off the field. Let's right. let's, let's recognize, unless you know, you know, like Deshaun Watson. Let's crucify him for what he does off the field. But <laughs> Rogers hasn't done anything like that, so it, I don't know. It's making me really mad lately. So go pack, go. Well, and it's it's weird that you and I have to say stuff like that because, again, my whole thing is just take each thing by itself. It if you're going to apply his views on COVID as a metric for how good of a thrower he is, you're kind of stupid, but that's what people do. Our view of anything he does is negative, not because of the thing that he did, but because of our views on other things that he said. So you're just going to be wrong about everything because your metrics are all thrown off. You're, you're, everything you're using is stupid. When you judge, and, and this is, I, I got somebody messaged me, saying, I'm getting whiplash listening to you talk about Aaron Rodgers. One minute you're praising him, the next minute you're trashing him. You know, pick a lane or whatever. Well, here's the issue. Everybody wants you to be on a team, right? That's why you, you get, you know, if you, if you say something negative about Rodgers, some people will put you on their shoulders and they'll champion you and they'll cheer for you and everybody else will hate you. And then the next minute you'll say something positive or, yeah, positive about Rodgers. And everybody kind of looks at you like confused, like, wait, I thought you were on that team. Are you on our team now? Like, cool, he's on our team. Yeah, dude, I'm not on a team. Yeah, it, My answer to a question depends on what the question is. I'm not going to answer a question before I know what the question is, and that's what everybody else does. I have a question about Rodgers, positive. What? It's a good, whatever you're going to say, I'm, I'm answering in, in terms of positive. Whatever you're going to say, I'm going to answer in terms of negative based on his personal views, based on the fact that I hate everybody on the other side and I want to tick them off. Good Lord, guys. Let's, let's, no more teams, okay? Everybody stand in the middle, wait for the question, and then answer only the question. Only the question. So yeah, when Rogers, when you ask me about Rogers' leadership, I am not necessarily pro-Rogers. When you ask me about what he's accomplished in the past, I'm very pro Rogers. When you ask me about him on McAfee, I don't have any real issues with it. I mean, there, there have been a couple times when I get annoyed with the way that it is. And, you know, he gets, uh, as I've said before, he gets kind of revved up by Pat to kind of go at people. And it, it was back when he wasn't taking accountability for stuff. So, so that was a specific thing he was doing on McAfee that annoyed me and I addressed it. But then he says something else on McAfee and I don't have a problem with it. And everybody freaks out. And I think they're freaking out because of what he said before and just the the accumulation of how many times he's annoyed me, now I'm going to attack. It's just, it's so stupid. I don't know why we can't just look at one individual thing, like with Bob McGinn. And I'm not saying he's doing this, but let's just take it as an example. 
he's going to tarnish his entire record because he doesn't like his personality. That's like two plus two equals pickle. What are you talking about? So yeah, I get that some people are confused by my Rogers dialogue, but it's just because I have different views on different things that he does. I mean, that's why I've been kind of up and down on Kevin King. When you talk about the pick, it's like, you know, look, I was a big TJ Watt guy too, but whatever, get over it, move on. It happens. It wasn't the single most disgusting thing that's ever happened in history and should require everybody that was involved to be fired. I mean, you're, you're getting a little crazy. But yet when he started off and he wasn't playing well and everybody was insistent that, quote unquote, when he's healthy, he's a dominant lockdown corner. Yeah, I tended to be sort of the anti-Kevin King guy. I was the only person who was the anti-Kevin King guy. And I was because I was the only person. So I was screaming as loud as I possibly could. He's not good. He's not good. No, he's not. Yeah, well, it's because he's hurt when he gets healthy. Nope, 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 nope. Sorry, that's wrong. And then when everybody started to hate Kevin King, I kind of calmed down like, all right, dude, chill. All right, we get it. He's, he's not, okay. And then when he came back and played pretty well in the slot and everybody hated him because of how bad he was in the past, I had to take the other tack and be like, listen, he's actually kind of good. And I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but he's, he's no, he's Kevin King. Try to... No, no, he's, he's doing pretty good. Well, I thought you were the captain of the anti-King club. Well, the information changed. I'm so, I don't know what to tell you. The only thing that matters is what's true. And the fact that like 4% of people in the world actually think that way is staggering and scary. Only thing that matters is the truth. Hey, Ryan. What's going on today? What up? Doing pretty good over here. I'm calling in to talk about Aaron Aaron Jones and uh, the running back situation and Bijan. And I still want Bijan, but... You know, I was thinking, like, you're, you know, I was like, at first, I'm like, oh, you're right. You know, there's no way we're getting Bijan. Probably wouldn't have anyways. Now Jones is extended. But uh, let's be honest, we're always wrong about who we think the Packers right. are going to draft. Wouldn't it be the most Packer thing ever to still go draft Bijan? Yeah. You know, take him. We, we thought there was no way they sign Aaron Jones and then they go get him. It'd be the most Packer thing ever of, like, absolutely no one has him on their radar for the Packers and we take him. Either that or probably draft some, you know, some uh, raw talent safety that everyone has projected for the second round. Exactly. But, uh, that's kinda the, how kind of how the cookie crumbles. That's the one. All right, bye. Yeah, so and the other thing that's interesting about the Bijan thing, not only do the Packers every year pick somebody that nobody expected, but how many times did they pick somebody that um, – Everybody said they wouldn't or shouldn't or whatever. Jair, he's too short. They would never do that. Rashawn, they just got two free agent edge rushers. They're not going to get another one. It's not what a lot of people said, but still, it, it, was, it was against the grain. Jordan Love, they already have Rodgers. Eric Stokes was mostly just sort of that whole second round high upside thing. There was nothing, I don't think there was anything super crazy about that. We had uh, Jair, but, you know, he could use a second one. But then... Of course, this past year, Quay Walker, they would never draft a first-round linebacker. Devontae Wyatt, they would never draft a nearly 25-year-old player, right? So Bijan, well, they would never draft a running back. They already paid Aaron Jones. They already have two running backs like Preston and Zarius. I mean Aaron Jones and uh, and A.J. Dillon. They would never draft a running back like Quay Walker. I mean uh, like Bijan. No, instead what they're going to do is draft the biggest absolute freak that you can get like Bijan Rob I I mean um 
like somebody else that's also a freak. I mean, it, it, he kind of checks all the boxes. Best player available, athletic freak. I'm sure he's going to do great in the combine. I don't know, man. We're just talking here. Why don't we go ahead and take a quick break right here, and we will be back soon. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Ryan. Seth again. Hey. I was curious. I was listening to the podcast, um, and you were talking. I think it might have been the After Dark, but we were talking about how Aaron Jones took a pay cut. And uh, how do you think that conversation goes? You know, are they calling him and being like, hey, you know, we know you're the best running back in the league or top three, whatever, but uh, we want you to take a pay cut or we're going to cut you? Or, or is he is – he, uh, seeing the writing on the wall that uh, there's no way they're going to pay me this much money this year, so I'm going to get ahead of it and just, you know, being the best packer of all time, go to them and say, you know, hey, I see the cap's tied. I see my money's higher than the next highest paid running back. Happy to take a pay cut to help the team out and stay in Green Bay. I don't know. Just how do you think that goes? All right. Bye. Well, that's a funny thing because after Aaron Jones got his extension, um, the heck is his name? Um, anyways, the, the, there were some people who on social media and whatnot were doing victory laps like, oh, can you believe some idiots actually thought that the Packers would move on from Aaron Jones? How do you think he ended up getting a pay cut? Again, uh, the, the, you're right. The, the conversation, I'm positive the conversation was not Aaron Jones called up Gutekunst. He's like, hey, man, just so you know, um, I'd like you to give me a pay cut if that's okay. No, the, the conversation... Slight interruption. The um, the the obvious situation is, Aaron, we absolutely want nothing more than to keep you here. We're in a bit of a tough spot with your contract, and um, we've got a couple different things that we can do. But unfortunately, the way that this is structured, uh, unless you'd be willing to take another pay cut, we're not going to... Um, be able to bring you back. And so option A, which of course you're not obligated to take, but would be our preference, and we would love to have you, is if you took a $5 million pay cut and we structure restructure this, we're going to put a bunch of cash in your pocket. And the funny thing is he might make more with a pay cut than less in a weird kind of way. I'd have to think about that a little bit. I think that's possible. But I guess not if you figure he goes to the open market and makes a killing. But anyways, and then they, they say, but but if if you're not fine doing that, we totally understand and we're we're more than happy to work with you to facilitate um a trade and to put you on a, another team 
Uh, we'd be sad to see you go, but it's, it's just the way that this is. He didn't just volunteer this out of thin air. The option was take a pay cut or he's gone, which means it was very evidently on the table. And if Aaron Jones wasn't as good of a dude, everybody that said it was ridiculous that the Packers would ever move on would have been wrong. Because there's only two options. As you laid out, Seth, either they said you have to do this or we're letting you go, or they would have kept him no matter what, and Aaron Jones is just like, you know what, dude? Just don't pay me. Why don't you just not pay me? Which obviously doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. Hadn't really thought about it. But, yeah, that does seem to be the situation. That, that, that is what makes the most sense to me. Hey, Ryan. Goose here. Hey, Goose. I'm just calling in because I've got to voice an opinion about all of the A.J. Dillon slander I keep hearing lately. Let's do it. That he's just another running back, that he was terrible last year, and just people thinking that maybe he shouldn't stay on the team. Now, I won't deny that 2022 was not as good as 21. He was phenomenal in 21. Yep which everyone seems to have forgotten. But, and I can't remember, I think it was Dara that posted the graphic. Yes, I just think And then AJ Dillon commented on it. It showed the yards above expected, and Aaron Jones is basically in the, the league of his own. The league yeah. Elite. And AJ Dillon commented on chasing you, bro. And he was still one of the best in the league, just right. slightly above most of the pack. So he's not Aaron Jones, but people got to stop slandering the guy. He is a very good running back. Yes, there are things we'd like him to improve. And yes, we'd like the drops to big time improve from this year. And I think they will. I think last year was a funk. But man, you don't throw this kid out because... He wasn't the best running back in the league. He was still very good, and people got to reframe the way they think about him. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised by that. I mean, obviously, what, interestingly enough, it falls right into what we've been talking about. People who were somewhat unhappy with A.J. Dillon, and, but yet there's a graphic of him being one of the best in football. But what did the graphic say? It was about yards above expected which is to say you can run for three yards and have the fan base say this guy's trash and have the analytics community say this guy's amazing. The disconnect is the fans are looking at absolute production and the statistics are looking at what was expected. So if the offensive line and the defense got together and put A.J. Dillon in a situation where he's expected to lose a yard and he gains three, that's the disconnect. And so what is the data actually saying? How I'm just trying to put these two things together here. What they're saying is, and they could be wrong, this isn't uh, absolute science or anything, this is people kind of charting and trying to choose where the blame lies, but they blamed the offensive line consistently. And I'll be honest, there were many times I agree, and, and I think... How many times did you hear me rant and rave about the offensive line being put in an impossible situation where there's no way they could have reached that guy and guys are coming unblocked all the time and blah, blah, blah. And um, so the, the, the point is what? Invest in offensive line. By the way, PFF actually backs you up as well. Aaron Jones is the second highest graded runner in football. A.J. Dillon is fifth. 
We have two top five running backs, according to PFF. That's not 2021. That's 2022. In 2021, A.J. Dillon was fourth. So he was fourth last year, fifth this year. He's ahead of Aaron Jones last year. Jones was ninth. So two years in a row, we've had top 10 running backs. And the, and the thing that really sucks, and again, this is where we have to step back and really analyze some things. We love, we, 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 we like, maybe not this year as much as last year, but we tend to love our offensive line, but maybe that's a bit misguided. We tend to love our offensive line coaches and what a great job they do. Perhaps that's a bit misguided. We love Matt LaFleur and this scheme, which is all, you know, this wide zone, outside zone, whatever that is, um, whatever the, the differences and nuances are. It doesn't matter. But the point is, we, we tend to think that this is this great thing, but yet we have top five running backs and we don't act like it. We don't seem like it. I mean, sometimes Aaron Jones runs wild. But this is not a team that looks like they have two top five running backs on it, is it? Absolutely not. So we got to figure out what the problem is, and we got we to gotta do it now. And, and the other issue is, this is, again, sort of a pro-offensive line, anti-Bijan thing. If Bijan comes in and is a top five running back, what does that mean? A.J. Dillon's been top five two years in a row, and everybody says he's trash. So what good is bringing in a guy, even if he's number one? We need to do better in our run game, and that is, that is the, the play calling, the blocking scheme, and the blocking ability. And, and I, I, I think maybe we should try to start getting excited about that. The, pro, the, the, the realization, and I, I think maybe we're just lacking the imagination here, but the realization that assuming these are correct and maybe PFF and whatever metric that was, maybe that was PFF too. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe those things are entirely wrong, but what if they're right? And we already have like two Bijans on our team, not in terms of physical ability, but we're talking two top five running backs. And what if it's true that if we can get a better offensive line, that means a healthy David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, and then getting an additional offensive lineman, maybe two, I don't know. And maybe we can't get there as long as we have Runyon and Myers and we're not going to move on. I have no idea. But let's just imagine for a moment that we actually have really, 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 really stacked offensive line. And as a result, not only is our quarterback staying upright and healthy, but we have a freaking dominant, unstoppable rushing attack. Everything you've ever wanted with Bijan or whatever it is involving a quality rushing attack, it's right there for the taking. We need to improve the offensive line to get there. And if you want to pass better, offensive line. More time in the pocket is going to translate to more guys getting open, more completions, more first downs, more scores, more touchdowns. I just, I can't help it. I just keep coming back to that. Everything we look at, it brings me right back to that. Hey, Ryan. Stick uh, me up as I get caught up on podcast. Um, so everybody's talking about the Aaron Jones stuff, and... I'm honestly surprised more players will not take a pay cut like this because they have a misunderstanding. But from my understanding, you know, if we cut him this year, it's 10 million cap hit this year. 10 million dead money. That's on the cap because that's his guarantee. But the way the guarantees work in the NFL, it's not that we are paying him 10 million this year. If another team signs into a one year, $8 million deal, he's not making $18 million this year. He is going to get paid $8 million by that team and then get paid $2 million from us because you are just guaranteed to make that amount that year. You're not guaranteed that the Packers will pay you that amount. If you re-sign somewhere else, it actually saves the team to cut you money. It doesn't save on the cap, but it saves the team in actual dollars. 
So it's not like Aaron Jones makes more money, per se, unless he can get a big deal. So if his restructure, I don't know how it worked out, but if he's getting paid $12, 13000000 million this year, it's still more than if he got cut and went somewhere else. Um, it would be Blaine on or something. I don't know. I don't know who knows the contract stuff. But uh, I, that is my understanding of the guarantees and how they work. And I know some of the like ten ten million cap hit is from money he's already been paid. So I don't I don't know how exactly all that works out, but I mean that is my understanding that like Aaron Jones, unless he got a deal that's worth more than ten million in a year, he still isn't gonna make more money and he'd have to be on a new team that potentially sucks if he has to go to like the Texans or something. So um I don't know. If I was a player, I think it would make kind of more sense if you could do this kind of restructure rather than being cut. Um and I think it's also the that thinks we're getting paid more for a while, but I think the market's kind of corrected on the running back front. So I'm sure, I'm sure his agent didn't advise him to take the pay cut, but his agent was like, look, like the market, open market isn't what it was a couple years ago because all these people got paid and didn't, didn't do anything with it, which I still think Jones is worth the money personally. Um, I also think you keep saying we don't know what Rodgers is doing, but that's true. But we might know Love is our quarterback. We might know Rodgers is going to retire or be traded. The Packers could know that. We don't. Yeah. We don't know. They don't know that already. And if so, you want Aaron Jones there because I bet his carries would go up and he'd get used more the way you would expect. And even though he's 29, I think he'd be pretty fresh because of his lack of usage in past years. So, I mean, Aaron Jones is electric. I'm not worried about the number of touches. He still has well over a thousand combined yards a year. Um, but I'm running up on time. Go Packers. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard that before. I don't know, maybe you were the one that said it, but um, just in terms of he would have lost money if he left. You know, he's not worth as much as people think. I tend to think he would have gotten a big paycheck. There's always that one team that's going to view him as just this elite running back, doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires, um, and they'd give him just, you know, whatever the, the top is, and, and he'd make a bunch of money. I mean, essentially it's a new contract too, so that would come with more guarantees more years all that stuff because the Packers even with this you're looking at you know two years um and maybe that's all it would be somewhere else I don't know but I yeah it it just depends where you fall on that I guess in terms of whether you think he would have gotten a mega deal if he hit the free agent market and not needed to take a pay cut um or if you think that he would have made more here and you'd have to sit down and if you actually wanted to crunch the numbers I guess but um, yeah, I, I, I fall on the side of he would have made more money by not taking a pay cut. Um, but I could be wrong again. He, he, he may be making, cause I know he, they, they put a bunch of money in his pocket in order to be able to spread the money out. And so it, it, here, here's, here's the thing. And I'd have to lay all this out and look at it visually. Cause doing it in my head, I can't, I can't do it, but he took $5 million off the table in terms of salary or whatever. But when they restructured him, they put a bunch of cash in his pocket. So that's automatically guaranteed money, right? They gave him a bonus. So there you go. So that's probably additional guaranteed money that gets paid today. And based on the way of this, that it's structured, he's probably guaranteed to be here next year, which he wasn't really necessarily before. So you can take a pay cut to help us this year, which maybe isn't even a pay cut. If that makes any sense, I, I I'd have to. I'm tempted to do it right now, because I, I think what a lot of people were freaking out about is the cash payments that he's getting. He's getting paid in cash like 16 million or something crazy. So I mean, he took a quote unquote pay cut, but he may have gotten in terms of cash a pay increase this year, plus an additional year next year. I think the only real thing is 
you know, with the five million coming off, it's I, I, I don't even know where that five million would be. I almost wonder if he didn't actually take a pay cut and he just took a pay cut in name. And really, all they did is they 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 used a technique to lower the cap this year and raise it later on. And I just I wonder how much cash is actually going to go to Aaron Jones. Is anybody following me? Is it possible to technically get a pay cut while at the same time not making less money? I'm not talking about because he stayed an extra year. I'm just saying in general, because again, he got a massive check in order to restructure. Or maybe that's, maybe there's a reduction in pay next year because he got paid in advance. And so all he's left with is a salary and maybe some of his salary was, was reduced. I don't know. Not really sure how that works. That'll be a fun project. I'll work on that sometime. I don't want to do it right now. I got to get going. You guys have yourselves a fantastic night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.